Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. When Shopify says you can sell anywhere, oh, they mean it. Ooh, hold up. Just got a new sale, order fulfilled, and shipped. Inventory level's good. Whoa, Shopify doesn't mind if you're at sea level. Or on top of the world. Oh, you can run and grow your business anywhere. Climbing mountains is never easy, but at least Shopify gives me all the tools I need for my business to hit new beats. Whether you're selling carabiners or crop tops, start selling with Shopify today and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. We've built the platform so you can keep climbing and grow your business to new heights. With Shopify, you really can sell to anyone from anywhere. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or seafloors. Welcome to the MD's Fantasy Football Show. Now for your host, Dan Mater. Welcome back, MD Nation, to the show! As always, I'm your host, Dan Mater. We're here with the MD's Fantasy Football Show podcast, and we got a great episode for you guys today. And of course, we're recording this from the home studios. It is a Friday. It is a preview show. And that means we are live on Sportscaster as we speak. Go to sportscaster.com if you're listening on the audio version. You can always tune in at MDFF Belly Up USN. That's all you need to do to watch any of the video streams. Or you can go to the website, which I have on the in the background in the video as we speak mdffshow.com. You can always check out the latest video episodes there as well, along with the other regular audio episodes, along with the week 15 rankings, the weekly rankings that we have, and we'll be showing that as we go through the podcast today. But we got a great show for you guys today. We got the late afternoon game, the Sunday night game, the Monday night game that we're all going to be talking about, and of course, we have a mailbag segment for you at the end of the show. 
Remember, if you want to get your questions answered by me and have a chance to be in the mailbag segment at any given point, all you have to do is hit me up on social media at MDSFFshow for Twitter, at MDSFFshow for Facebook, or you can even email me on the website, www.mdffshow.com there as well. But of course, before we get into all the previews that we still have left to do, we did preview the early Sunday games and we previewed the Thursday night game in yesterday's podcast. So if you did not see it on Sportscast or if you did not check it out on your favorite audio podcast app, make sure you go ahead and do so. But we got to recap the game from last night, which for a lot of people who are in the fantasy playoffs had a lot of guys going in this game because a lot of people own quite a few parts of the Ravens and maybe even some of the Jets as well, although hopefully you didn't play too many guys on the Jets side of the football. But we got to go ahead and recap that because we have a lot that may dictate what you need to do for your matchups come Sunday based upon some of the performances that we saw in this game. The MD's Fantasy Football Show is proud to become the newest member of the Belly Up Sports Network. The Belly Up Sports Network is a rising star in the sports industry. After having emerged onto the scene in just a year, they have accrued a massive following with bold articles, standout podcasts, and great debate amongst followers in the forums. Sign up for their newsletter and get access to all of the information throughout the Belly Up Sports Network. Go to bellyupsports.com today to join. Be bold and stand out. Starting off with, of course, the Baltimore Ravens. Lamar Jackson, is there anything that he can't do? And I love how people going into this game were a little bit worried. We're saying, hey, you know what? He's going to have the quad issue. We don't know if he's going to really be able to run around like he's normally going to do so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lamar Jackson was healthy. Lamar Jackson was active. Lamar Jackson broke the Michael Vick record for rushing yards for a quarterback in last night's game. You knew Lamar Jackson was going to do Lamar Jackson things, especially against the New York Jets. He goes for 15 of 23 212 yards, five passing touchdowns, five, five passing touchdowns, and once again, zero interceptions. Oh, and by the way, his rushing was just fine. As he went for 86 yards on the ground, Lamar Jackson cannot be stopped. Lamar Jackson is the cheat code for fantasy football, and now the Ravens are going to 12-2. and two. So if you have Lamar, you're off to a wonderful start in your second round of the playoffs, and this is a guy at the quarterback position who very well may be the first quarterback since Michael Vick that may get rated in the first round going into drafts next year. We will have to see how that works out, but there's a real chance he could be because he's putting up RB1 numbers along with throwing the football. There's nobody who's more consistent than him from a fantasy football perspective. It's absolutely ridiculous. And where would he be without his companion, Mark Ingram? 13 carries, so again, he's sticking with his, gets 13 to 16 touches on a regular basis, but in this game, scores a touchdown, 76 yards, has a touchdown in this one, and doesn't really give you too much in the air, normally doesn't, but in this game, he was able to at least give you a receiving touchdown. Only one catch, only 10 yards, only two targets on the day, but gets you a receiving touchdown, and that's all you need for Mark Ingram to be an RB1 for this week. And he will finish as such. And that that's, that's where the territory comes with. With the Ravens, with the way they're playing football right now. Yeah, Mark Ingram has those games like he had last week. Where he might only get you 50 rushing yards. Maybe he doesn't find the end zone because Lamar's running around like a banshee. And they do play action to Mark Andrews in this one. But all, all key Baltimore Raven players. All guys that you would have played in your fantasy matchups. 
scored last night. That was really the great thing about it. You had Mark Andrews, four catches, 52 yards, and a touchdown on seven targets. Continues to be the lead pass catcher for this team. But his partner in crime, Marquise Brown, four catches, 45 yards, a touchdown on four targets. Didn't have that big play, which is what you typically play him for. But because he finds the end zone in this one, he has his solid performance. So if you did take the chance on Marquise Brown in a plus matchup, he still came through for you at the end of the day. And nothing to complain about here. You keep firing these guys up every single week, and you will again next week as well. On the Jets side of the ball, I have to say Le'Veon Bell performed better than I thought he would. Now, from a fantasy perspective, he got you about what I expected him to do, which is why I told people you might want to go ahead and bench him, which is he only got you about eight points, 10 points if you're in full-point PPR leagues, because he actually didn't receive the ball. I thought I thought his one caveat, his one safety blanket in PPR leagues was that he would actually get quite a few catches. He did not. He only had two catches in this game for just a yard and only had two targets. They didn't dump the ball down very much considering Sam Darnold was under pressure all night long. But he did get 21 carries. He did get 87 yards, and that was about four yards a carry, and that's more efficient, honestly, than I thought he was going to be able to do. So, if you're in standard leagues, he got you a fine performance on the day. It's not going to win you your leagues. He's not going to win you your week, but he's not going to. It didn't lose it either. But hopefully, you're part of MD Nation. You listened to the show. You took the advice. You left him on the bench because I do believe you're going to have other options that are going to have much more upside that are going to be able to provide you with more than eight points next week. And being that this is the playoffs, you need to squeeze out every single point that you can possibly get. Now, the reason I'm talking Le'Veon Bell is because the only other person that was fantasy relevant in this game, and not just fantasy relevant, but wound up having a great fantasy day, was Jamison Crowder. Six catches, 90 yards, two touchdowns on 11 targets, and the unfortunate part is that he probably did all of this at a in a week in which nobody played him. This is a guy who had a bit of a dry spell over the past three weeks, past month or so here, and as a result... Nobody's going to play him against the Baltimore Ravens, and yet he probably has his biggest game of the year. Now, what it does mean is that what I've been harping on all along, which is Jameson Crowder is still the wide receiver that I trust the most on the Jets, because even when he was going through his down performances over the past few weeks, and Robbie Anderson was doing very well, he had still been getting his targets. He's still been getting seven, nine targets, eight targets. He still had been up there, so the opportunities were there. I didn't think the execution was going to come against the Baltimore Ravens, that's for sure, but the opportunities have continued to be there for Jamison Crowder. Now, Robbie Anderson was actually not terrible in this game. Four catches, 66 yards. He had six targets. So it's clear to me that Crowder, Anderson are going to be targeted enough where they actually might have some opportunities if you're looking at DFS over the next two weeks, if you're looking at your possible championship matchups, if you need one of them as a wide receiver three. These are guys that are getting the opportunities right now that you can kind of look at that should have some opportunity. But look, at the end of the day, you don't want to trust a Jets wide receiver in your fantasy playoffs. You don't want to really want to test the Jets team in your fantasy playoffs, and they have another tough matchup next week, so I would pretty much stay away from it and stay away from Sam Darnold, who was pretty terrible in this game. Only 218 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. Nothing to ride home about and nothing you're going to want to stream heading into next week. Now, now that we recap that that game from last night, which from fantasy perspective was pretty good, had a lot of good stuff for you in that one. Now it's time to get into our previews. Now it's time to go back and pick up where we left off yesterday and talk about our late afternoon games, the Sunday night game, and the Monday night game. Now, real quickly, remember, if you are on Sportscaster right now, 
Go ahead, leave a fantasy football question in the chat, and I will get to it as part of the mailbag segment at the end of this show, just to kind of shout you guys out and and you know give you guys who are listening to the MD Fantasy Football Show, watching and being part of MD Nation, my way of shouting you guys out and also being able to discuss your questions and help you out as well this week. So if you're on Sportscaster, make sure you're taking advantage of that. Obviously, listening to audio, your questions have hopefully already been submitted to me on social media, and I have a few pre-selected that we will go over later on today. All right, next up, we have the first preview show that we are going to talk about, which is Jacksonville and Oakland. First off, we got to talk about the injuries. DJ Chark, not going to play in this game. Uh, and I really, frankly, for the life of me, can't understand why they won't just go ahead and put him on the IR because with that high ankle sprain that he has and with where the Jaguars are as far as playoff matchups go, I don't see why there seems to be a point in trying to have him play still this year and trying to have him come back at all in the next three weeks. He's not going to play this week, though. That's what's important to focus on as far as your fantasy matchups go. What does that mean? That means D.D. Westbrook is going to be a high-end wide receiver three. He's going to get the extra target share that he wasn't seeing before. Gardner Minshew against Oakland. It's still a great matchup. Gardner Minshew is a decent quarterback. He can get the ball to his weapons. Uh, I know some people want to throw out Chris Conley as a sleeper. I can understand why in some senses he would be to you, but here's my problem with Chris Conley when you're talking redraft playoff leagues is that this is a guy that even though he might see more of a target share, be more in a situation where he can have the opportunity to produce than he would have, and it's a plus matchup here, I still have an issue with trusting a guy who has really been the odd man out, who really hasn't been that productive at all in the entire season. Now, I know this is a different situation, but with D.D. Westbrook still there, with them going to dump the ball off to Leonard Fournette, I just don't understand why, if you're in a redraft league, you would actually trust to play Chris Conley. Now, if you're doing DFS, you're doing tournament leagues, totally different scenario because that's somebody you can get for dirt cheap right now who would be a contrarian play in a good matchup. Those are the types of guys you look for in DFS tournament league. So in that respective you know, totally different scenario, something you can actually look at. But do not play him. Do not trust him in your fantasy redraft playoffs is pretty much what I'm trying to tell you. Now, as far as everyone else goes, Minshew is still a streaming quarterback for me. And as you can see on the screen behind me, if you're watching on Sportscaster, we're going to go ahead and show you how the MD's Fantasy Football Show website works, mdffshow.com. And you can go here, you can go to the page, you can go to the rankings. And we have standard, we have half point, we have full point PPR. For the sake of the show, we're going to stick with the half point PPR rankings for the most part, since that is the end industry uh, standard that most of you will play on. And that's what we're going to use to go through with our rankings as we talk about each and every one of these players. Now, for the quarterback position, talking about Gardner Minshew, I do have him in the streaming territory, but he doesn't have the ceiling that he would have had if he had DJ Chark, obviously, is his number has been his number one weapon. He's super explosive. You got a plus match against the Raiders. You figured the deep ball would have been there. And he just doesn't have that same ceiling he would have had in that scenario. But because it's still Oakland, because Oakland is terrible, I still have Gardner Minshew at number 10 on the week overall for quarterbacks, making him a QB1, making him a streaming option, because I still believe this guy has enough weapons, has enough capabilities against a great enough matchup that he will still be able to give you a floor. And when you're when you're streaming quarterbacks, especially in the playoffs, you're looking for guys that can give you 18 to 20 points. And this is a guy who can definitely give you that kind of production in this scenario. So that's what we're kind of looking at here. That's what we like to see. 
Gardner Minshew right there, number 10 on the week, which is why I have him as a streamer. Now, as far as the Raiders' side of the ball goes, we have to talk about Josh Jacobs. He has been cleared for practice. He has been practicing in limited capacity the past couple of days. But it's definitely very telling that head coach John Gruden wouldn't commit to him being definitely being able to play. And that is really concerning because they're coming off of a week where he was a last-second inactive. We all expected him to play, and suddenly DeAndre Washington had to take the reins. We're talking about a guy who, when he does play, gets usually somewhere between 18 to 20 carries in a game, has been a low-end RB1, at the very least a high-end RB2 for pretty much every single scoring format out there. And going up against the Jacksonville Jaguars, a great matchup, a defense who, frankly, has looked like they have completely just quit on this organization over the past two weeks, are not trying to tackle anybody right now. Any running game you have whatsoever will be very, very effective against the Jacksonville Jaguars at the moment. So that's what you're that's what you're looking for here. So what we don't know is Jacobs is going to play or not. We have to figure he's going to be a game time decision again this week. And as you see, I am actually projecting Josh Jacobs to not play this week. I don't think he's going to. With the way that he was inactive last week, with the way that they won't commit to him this week, with just him being the future of this organization, the future of the running game. I don't, I don't see them taking the chance with that shoulder being actually broken. And even if they do, it's a chance where they have to know he's going to be a high risk for aggravating it, for injuring it. So that's where I don't understand why they would take the chance. That's why I have DeAndre Washington number 27 on the week for half-point PPR leagues because I do believe he is going to be the guy that they wind up going to. Now, hopefully after last week when he was inactive, if you were a Josh Jacobs owner, you were able to pick up DeAndre Washington because he definitely helped your team. Like If you lost last week, it definitely wasn't because of DeAndre Washington. He gave you a great performance, and I believe that he will be very likely able to give you another great performance in this week as well. Obviously, I have him as a high-end RB3, a high-end flex play, but he does have the potential to give you RB2-type level production heading into this week, without a doubt in my mind. So that's why I love DeAndre Washington. He has the upside to go with it. Just have him ready to go. I'm just not going, I'm not going to expect Jacobs to play, but he is going to be a game-time decision. Hunter Renfro, just to kind of mention him real quick, he was back at practice in a limited capacity, but we are also not expecting him to play either. Now, the reason Hunter Renfro is significant, because you're not going to be playing Hunter Renfro even if he was active this week anyway. The reason he is significant is because if he can play, Darren Waller loses targets. I I think we kind of all know this at this point. Like We saw what happened when Hunter Renfro started getting worked more and more into the rotation. And what happened there was Waller suddenly went from having seven to nine targets to dipping down to being four to five, three to four. And it just wasn't working out very well for Darren Waller during that stretch. And you had to keep playing him because of his talent, because of the tight end position. And since he's gone back out again, it's been back to Darren Waller's getting back to seven to nine targets. He's been back to having a high floor. He's been back to being one of the main pass catchers in general for the Oakland Raiders. Now, it shouldn't work that way. And the Raiders were actually smart. They would be able to use Renfro and Waller at the same time because Waller, to me, is still their best offensive playmaker as far as the pass catchers go. He's more of a mismatch. He's more dynamic. Yes, Tyrell Williams is pretty good, and he serves his purpose, but Darren Waller is the big mismatch here. So Hunter Renfro playing for them shouldn't take away the targets the way that it does, but it clearly does with the way they run that offense. So 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. We don't expect run for the play. That means we are confident in Darren Waller against the Jacksonville Jaguars here at home in Oakland. We expect him to get somewhere between seven and nine targets. We expect him to finish as a tight end one for the week. And I will pull up exactly what I have him ranked at for you this week right here real quickly. And we have him number six overall for the week here. So that's what you're kind of looking at there. We have him as a top tight end, has potential truly to be a top five guy this particular week, but we do have him at number six overall for the week, as you can see on Sportscaster right there. Uh, the half point PPR leagues again, of course. So play Darren Waller. You can play Tyrell Williams. He's going to be another guy. He, he always has the, the wide receiver three potential. He's always a guy who's going to have a chance to be able to get a touchdown, which is always going to put him in that territory. The issue is he doesn't get very many targets on a consistent basis. He's actually been looking at somewhere between three and five on a consistent basis, and that's been regardless of the situation between Renfro or Waller or whatever's going on in that, in that part of the field. He does not getting as targeted as consistently and as much as he really should be. Now, typically I would say the Jaguars are still a much better pass coverage team right now than they would be running the football. But if there is no Josh Jacobs and they go DeAndre Washington, they probably won't run the ball quite as much. This is at home. You want guys that have the potential to score. He is one of those guys. And I'm going to pull it up for you real here, uh, real quick in a second, too, where I have him ranked. But he's also a guy that you know that if he doesn't score a touchdown— He's got a very low, a very low floor. That's the issue you kind of run into with Tyrell Williams when you're talking about him in this matchup in particular. So the question becomes, do you want to take that chance on him? I would lean towards it. I mean, it obviously depends on your lineup, but it depends on what your options, what your options are. But he's probably one of the guys that has more of a chance to score a touchdown than most of the people out there. And, you know, I have him ranked number 41 on the week just because just to kind of reflect the fact that he has been inconsistent, that he does have a low floor. So I actually have him closer to wide receiver four territory than I do wide receiver three, but he does have touchdown potential. So just kind of keep that in mind. Probably lean towards not being able to, not having to play him. I probably lean towards you should have better options, especially if you're a playoff team. But he's you can definitely do worse than Tyro Williams this particular week. Next matchup that I want to talk about here, Cleveland Browns, Arizona Cardinals. First off, we'll talk about Cleveland. We'll talk about OBJ here. We don't know how much is, is true to this, right? Because all of a sudden, out of nowhere, OBJ has his groin issue, and now this is supposed to be why that he hasn't played as well. And look, the biggest problem has still been Freddie Kitchens has been a terrible play caller. Baker Mayfield has been awful. 
And that's still the main issue. That's still the main reasons why that OBJ has not gotten off to has not gotten the season. I shouldn't say gotten off to start because we're at the end here. Hasn't had the season that he was expected to have that he really should have had. Now the groin issue, yes, he may be in pain. That that very well may be true. And from what you know, some comments from the team, some comments from Baker Mayfield has said it, it sounds like this may have been an issue since August that he should have had surgery in August, and he's been playing through it because going into the season, all the excitement that the team had. So maybe it could have been. Maybe it could have been. Here's the fact. We're not going to let OBJ off the hook because he has been active. He hasn't even been listed for a groin injury until the past couple of weeks. So we're not going to use this as an excuse. It was just a down year, terrible year, and we're still going to look at Baker. We're still going to look at Freddie Kitchens and say, what did you guys do to ruin this? And we'll see if OBJ is around next year. There's a lot of rumors flying around about him not wanting to be around. We'll, we'll see. The Browns gave up a lot to get him, so it would be hard for me to imagine that they would just as quickly move on from him, especially when you're going to be looking to have a bounce-back season next season. Now, if this is fast-forward a year from now, and we're still talking about them being disappointing a year from now, yes, then, then I would 100% buy that he will move on, that they would move on from him. But they gave up way too much this offseason. He was never intended to be a one-year-and-done player with the Cleveland Browns with the amount that they gave up in draft capital and, and trade capital, should say to go get him so that that was never the plan here so the people trying to say he was a rental player totally disagree that doesn't match up with what we had seen to get him to Cleveland in the first place so I do believe he's going to be a Brown next season the question is going to be is he going to be healthy are we actually going to know that he's healthy and can Baker and Freddie Kitchens bounce back from this terrible season what's going to change I think that's going to be the question that we're going to have to wrestle with in the offseason as far as today goes, which is what we really care about in your second round of the playoffs, as far as today goes, I kept saying this over and over again on social media when people bring up OBJ. He is, take away the name, just take away the name, he is nothing more than a low-end wide receiver three who has upside in the right matchups. Now, this week against Arizona Cardinals, this would be the right matchup. So I would say that he definitely has upside. He has the ability to catch a deep ball. He might have a chance to get into the end zone. And that's kind of what you're talking about here with Odell Beckham. That's why I have him ranked number 21, as you can see on the screen. I have him ranked number 21 for half-point PPR leagues. So... You can kind of go there and, you know, be able to play him as a low end. I have him actually ranked as a low end wide receiver, too. That's just how bad Arizona has been on defense. That's how much opportunities have been produced to the wide receiver position in general. But Jarvis Landry is still the wide receiver that I trust here on Cleveland the most. He's still the guy I expect to get the most of the targets. You can definitely fire him up right now, especially the way he's been playing as a surefire wide receiver too. If I can find him on here, I have him as number 11. So if you're in 12 team leagues, I actually have him on the low end wide receiver one side with the matchup, with the way he has played. Jarvis Landry is a must play to me. Um, as far as Chubb goes, Chubb's a must play. Uh, Kareem Hunt's a must-play. It's really funny that all these guys in this plus matchup against the Arizona Cards are must-plays except for the quarterback. Now, Baker is a streaming option. I don't want to get you guys twisted. It, it, with all those guys who you, I feel like you have to play, uh, you don't have to play OBJ, but with all those guys that I feel like you have to play in this particular matchup with the way they have played as of late, it's kind of surprising to see that we wouldn't have Baker Mayfield ranked higher than what we do, but... He is somebody who's been on the waiver wire. He is somebody who could be a streaming candidate. And we have him ranked this week. I'm trying to pull it up here as we speak. We do have... Oh, do I have him in the top 10? I do. No, I don't. No, I don't. I lie. 
where do I have him ranked at? Ah, number 18. Thank you. Sorry about that. So I have him ranked number 18 on the week. That does put him in streaming category. I would say while I have him ranked 18, it's because he's in a group of guys with Kirk Cousins and Derek Carr and Jared Goff and Kyler Murray. He's kind of lumped in that range of people who have potential to be QB1s on the week at any given moment. And I do believe he has the upside potential in this matchup with everyone else having a plus magic as the Arizona Cardinals that he could find a way in there. Now, I do like him a lot more in DFS leagues just because when you're talking about your redraft, when you're talking about your playoffs, you're talking about a streaming quarterback, he doesn't have the floor because he just had games where he just flat out has played horribly this season. And when he does that, there's nothing you could do about it. It doesn't matter who they're playing on defense. And you find yourselves looking at like, why did I play Baker Mayfield in my playoff matchup and got screwed yet again? So that's what I want to take into consideration. He does have a low floor. That's why I like him another I like I like him a lot more in DFS tournament leagues. And as you can see on the screen behind me, if you're watching on Sportscast, we just had an alert that Alexander Madison missed another practice session. So Dalvin Cook, he's good to go. Dalvin Cook may not have a backup behind him. He's he's still been getting a lot of the work, but maybe they don't pull him as much in the fourth quarter as long as he doesn't re-aggravate that shoulder injury. So might be a really big week here for Dalvin Cook, quite possibly against the Chargers, if that continues to be the case. All right, moving on to our next matchup to talk about here. We have... Oh, no, I'm sorry. We can't move on yet. I didn't talk about the Arizona Cardinals. We had a lot to break down on the Cleveland side of the ball. I'm sorry. Hold on one second. So on the Arizona Cardinals, it's it's pretty simple. It's pretty straightforward. Kyler Murray, I have him ranked 15th uh, on, on week... He is somebody who's in streaming territory. He is somebody who has some upside. Cleveland's defense has been really hit or miss. And, and without Miles Garrett, they don't have a consistent pass rush. So while they might be able to play good defense, if Kyler decides to actually pick up and run, he could have a decent fantasy day. But kind of like Baker Mayfield in the same mold here, he has a very low floor. Because we've seen him in games where he hasn't run. And when that happens, when he doesn't run, he's... Not only not a, a QB1 for fantasy football purposes, but he winds up being in the bottom tier. He winds up being in the low 20s for the week when he doesn't give you that rushing production. That's something you cannot afford to have when you're talking about your fantasy playoffs right now. So he has a floor that I can't trust, so I'm probably going to stay away from playing him. And he doesn't have the upside of a Baker Mayfield necessarily to go along with it or some of the other quarterbacks in that streaming territory that we're talking about here. As I go through the screen, you can kind of see it behind me there. You know, talking about, uh, Even Eli Manning, I have a little bit ahead of him, but Tom Brady, Josh Allen, all guys that I have ahead of Kyler Murray, all guys I have ahead of Baker Mayfield. As far as everybody else in the Cardinals, I believe you can play Kenyon Drake. It's clear he's a starting running back still. It's clear the team is sour on David Johnson and that Chase Edmonds does not demand a big role now that they have Kenyon Drake in the field. Drake hasn't really gotten more than 15 touches since being with the team, so in that sense, it's a little bit annoying because he's not giving you great production. Uh, He's not giving you a ton of volume, but what he is doing is he's being effective with the touches that he does get. He's given, other than giving you the big performance against San Francisco the first time around, he has given you a floor each and every week that he's been part of the team, whether it be, you know, and and it doesn't matter what scoring format you're in, he's been able to get you standard leagues. It's been like a a seven to eight point floor each and every week, and in half point, full point PPR leagues, he's been able to get to that double digit range. If he scores a touchdown, this guy will be an RB2. And this is a great matchup because Cleveland, the one thing they're really struggling to do right now is tackle, is to play against the run. And this is a good game where I think he will have a chance to score. I have him ranked number 19 on the week in half-point PPR leagues at the moment, as you can see it right there. And 
it, that's both. That's mostly based on the fact that it's a good matchup, and I think he's got a, a great opportunity to be able to find himself in the end zone this particular week. So that's what I'm expecting out of Kenyon Drake. I think you can fire him up as a very low-end RB2, but more of a high-end flex play of anything else. As far as the wide receivers go, Christian Kirk, he has some upside here, but you don't love it. Cleveland still has their corners intact for the most part, but just not their safeties. If you're playing Christian Kirk, you're playing him in half-point or full-point PPR leagues. You're playing him in the sense that he's going to be able to give you a floor because of the target volume that he should have. And and to be clear here, he's the only wide receiver who I'm going to play uh, from the Arizona Cardinals side of the ball. And as you can see here, I have Christian Kirk ranked number 25 on the week at the wide receiver position for half-point PPR leagues. He's the only one I'm going to play. I'm not going to play Larry Fitzgerald. His floor has been too low. He hasn't had the same volume that he had earlier on in the season. And as, especially with Christian Kirk back in the lineup, this is not going to happen. So I'm okay with Kirk as a wide receiver three, as a flex play in half point or full point PPR leagues because you'll have a decent floor. I don't expect a big ceiling, and I'm good with Kenyon Drake. Outside of that, I probably would try to stay away from playing Arizona Cardinals in my fantasy playoff matchups. Next game that we got to talk about is the Rams and the Cowboys. And thankfully, there's not really too much injury news to cover here. I mean, we know Amari Cooper is limited, but we expect him to play, and everyone else is going to be able to be good to go in this game. So we're talking about Jared Goff. You're talking about a guy who has played really well as of late. He was you know, able to torch Arizona, which is something you should be able to do, especially when you have the weapons that they have. But he's also he also played really well against the Seattle Seahawks. The other key to the part to that though, well, the two key parts to that thing is that one, the Seahawks have been below average all year long against the pass. We all know this. But the other thing was that it was at home. So going on the road to Dallas is really the question mark here right now. The circumstances seem to kind of line up because while it's on the road, it's in a dome. So you won't have to deal with the elements, which is usually the main issue for them. It's not really traveling east, not all the way east. It's only one time zone over from Los Angeles. So it's not like you're going, you're actually going from west to east coast here, which is usually another issue for Jared Goff in particular. Uh, And you're playing against a defense that as of late has kind of looked like Jacksonville in the sense of they've looked like they've kind of quit on the field at times here. And, so you kind of find yourself in a situation where do you play Jared Goff? And I could pull it up back here again, but I had him in that same territory with Kyler Murray, with Baker Mayfield, with Kirk Cousins. I have him at number 16 on the week, as you can see behind me. It puts him in that streaming territory. It puts him in that streaming conversation. But he's going to have a low floor because he's on the road. And because he's playing against what is statistically an above-average defense, which usually just means disaster for him this season. Here's one other thing that I will put as a silver lining in his ball court, and that is they've been playing a lot better offensively, but Sean McVay has been got, has gotten back to what they've done previously, what they've done in the past to help them out, to make them a very good offense. They've gotten back to Ram-style play calling with the levels, with, with playing all three levels with the wide receivers, with playing the zone run scheme, getting Todd Gurley back involved in the passing game last week, especially was a huge one. Giving him the workload, giving letting him be the workhorse again is a big one. So if they continue to do that against Dallas with the way they have been playing as of late, I do think Jared Goff will have a fine floor and have a decent ceiling along to go along with it because he has the weapons to make plays. We all know this. That's always been the appeal of Goff. It's always been the issue with him pretty much his entire season because 
while he's played and looked terrible at times, fantasy-wise, he's still been able to produce because he still has those weapons, especially when they're calling Ram-like plays, and it's just, it's just been inconsistent. But I actually think I would feel more confident, let's say, even though I have Kyler Murray ranked one spot ahead of him, I think I would actually be more confident playing Jared Goff in my lineups this week than I would have Kyler Murray, than I would have Baker Mayfield, than I would have Kirk Cousins, uh, than I would have Eli Manning. A lot of those guys that I have ranked in that range, I think I would feel more confident about Jared Goff not losing me the week than those other guys. I'm just kind of put that out there. Todd Gurley, you got to play him. Robert Woods, you have to play him. He's on a, a, a two-week tear right now that he's just been getting all kinds of targets. And with the way that they've been lining up with their formations, they've been playing a lot more two tight end sets. That's a big reason why Cooper Cup lost a, a huge amount of snap shares last week. So, and that's a big reason why Robert Woods has been getting targeted the way he does. Look, the one guy you can't play is, is Brandon Cooks. It's just clear between his concussions, between the down season, he's just, he's just the odd man out of the offense right now. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that they've been utilizing the tight end. So, you know, somebody's got to be the odd man out. It used to be the tight end position. Now it's not. Now they're using the tight end. And it doesn't matter who it is either, by the way. It's Tyler Higby, Gerald Everett. You know, if, if Jared Everett can't go, we're still waiting on the word on that. It looks like he's going to be a game-time decision, but we are leaning towards Everett not being able to play again. Tyler Higby is somebody you can fire up and play as a wide, res- I'm sorry, as a top tight end streaming option this particular week. So you can go ahead and pick him up and play him there as well. That's what we've been looking at. You got to play Robert Woods, can't play Brandon Cooks. And Gerald Everett, like I said, We'll wait to see if he's game time decision. If Gerald Everett does play, then I would say, yes, you have to play him and pick him up as a streaming tight end option as well, just because the volume's been there. They've been utilizing the tight end as such in that capacity. So just kind of keep that in mind. That's what you kind of have to utilize them for the Rams there. On the Dallas side of the ball, fire everybody up. Fire everybody. Look, the Rams defense has been playing well. This is true. But being that this is in Dallas, even if the offense doesn't play well, even if the Rams defense is... Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details is competing, is is giving them a hard time. Ramsey's able to frustrate Cooper because he's, he's shadowing them. Whatever the case may be, it's still going to be at home. They're still going to have a lot of volume. I, I fully expect Dak Prescott to throw the ball 40-plus times in this game. You're always going to play Zeke. He's always going to be an RB1. But if Prescott's going to throw the ball 40 or more times in this week, which I expect him to do, especially based off the way Dallas has been playing as of late and has been has their play, or play calling has flowed over the past couple of weeks, I, you have to fire Dak Prescott up. Have to. And I believe I even have him inside the top 10 this week. Yes, I have him number eight on the week. That mostly has to do with volume because it's not a great matchup against Dallas. But, I mean, I'm sorry. It's not a great matchup against the Rams in Dallas. But the volume is going to be there. The volume has been there. That's good for Amari Cooper, who I don't care if he's getting shadowed by Jalen Ramsey. He's just been he's been a wide receiver one all season long. You have to fire him up. You have to play him. And I like Michael Gallup. I like Michael Gallup quite a bit as a low end wide receiver three who has upside potential. So I like Michael Gallup quite a bit too. 
And you can play him in that role. Does he have the the ceiling that he's had over the past couple of weeks in this matchup? No, not so much. But you can play Michael Gallup this week. You can take that shot and be he can be your home run flyer for the week. He is somebody who does very much have an opportunity to get 100 yards or a touchdown or both in this matchup. And he's the one who's not going to see Jalen Ramsey. So he will have the plus matchup, which may even help him out more so, especially early on in the game with the way they've, they've played. So that's what we're expecting here. Jameis Winston, as you can see, is good to go for Sunday. That officially coming out from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers organization there. The MD's Fantasy Football Show is now partnered with the Unwrapped Sports Network. Unwrapped Sports Network has a top-notch sports blog covering all sports all the time with a team of talented writers. You can also visit their podcast page to listen to this show and several others covering multiple sports. Sign up for their newsletter and never miss a thing at UnwrappedSports.com. Again, that's UnwrappedSports.com. Next game we want to talk about, the Sunday night game. Between the Atlanta Falcons. No, I'm sorry. We're not quite at the Sunday night game. My bad. Atlanta Falcons and the San Francisco 49ers. Still the 4 o'clock game. Don't worry. I didn't. I mixed that up. The Minnesota Charger game, which I thought was what we were on, is the Sunday night game. Yes, the 49ers and the Falcons. This is another pretty straightforward matchup here, too, as far as fantasy uh, you know, goes. You have to play Julio. Obviously, you don't love the matchup. It's San Francisco in San Francisco. But you have to play Julio. I think... You have to play Devontae Freeman. I do. You don't love the matchup here, but the one thing teams have been able to do somewhat of is is be able to run to some success against the San Francisco 49ers. And the other part to that is that the Falcons' offensive line, they get their rookie Lindstrom, the guard, back. They're going to be a healthier offensive line than we've seen for most of this season. So I do think that's going to open up for Devontae Freeman. And if you play in half-point PPR leagues and you play in full-point PPR leagues, with no Calvin Ridley, I do think there's going to be a few more done. And with and playing against a team that can get a pass rush on you on a consistent basis, I do believe there's going to be quite a few more dump offs, quite a few more opportunities in that sense for Devontae Freeman in this matchup. So I just think it gives him a safe floor. Does he have a, a big ceiling? No, he absolutely does not. And I have him ranked as a number 31 running back on the week. So I have him as uh, an RB3 in half point PPR leagues, that is. Yeah, no, he doesn't have a big ceiling, but he does have a floor. He can play him in the flex, especially in half-point, full-point PPR leagues. Now, if you're in a standard league, maybe not so much because you don't really love his chances to be able to score a touchdown just because he's only done it once this season. That's kind of the issue you have with him if you're in a standard league, but he does have more of a floor in half-point, full-point PPR uh, scoring. Austin Hooper... Now, it follows the same suit as Julio. It follows the same suit as Devontae Freeman. You don't love the matchup. You don't love the situation. But given the tight end position, given what Austin Hooper had provided you with before the injury, I don't see how you can't play Austin Hooper this week. You can't have him in your lineups. Unless you were able to pick up a really good streaming tight end, maybe a Rams tight end, maybe a Tyler Higby, maybe a Joe Everett, only then would I think you're in a situation that you could actually get away with not playing Austin Hooper this week. But otherwise, how can how can you not? How can you? There's nobody else out there that you can play who's going to have more of an upside than Austin Hooper and the way he has played this 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 season. I have him as the number five tight end on half point PPR leagues for the week. We saw what Jared Cook did last week. The tight end position 
is something that can be a weakness for the 49ers on the inside. Remember, this is not a fully healthy defense right now. Jer- Richard, uh, I'm sorry, Richard Sherman is not going to be able to play this week. They have some other injuries at the linebacker core as well. So there's going to be some opportunities for guys that maybe normally wouldn't be there. And Austin Hooper, I think, is a big benefactor of two things. One, of that fact of the 49ers being a little bit banged up on defense. But two, with no Calvin Ridley for the rest of the season... Austin Hooper should be getting those targets that Julio is not seeing for the most part. I don't, you know, Russell Gage is somebody who's a non-factor for me 100% this week, no matter what fantasy perspective you're coming from, whether it be your, your redraft, your playoff leagues, whether it be your DFS, your tournament leagues, doesn't matter. He's going to be irrelevant to me in this one. It's Austin Hooper, it's Julio Jones, and then to some lesser degree, Devontae Freeman in the flex. As a guy who can give you a floor, that's about it. But that's kind of what you're looking at here. I think you have to play it. And now on San Francisco side of the ball, I think it's actually a little trickier than people want to make it out to be. Now, there were some 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 comments from Kyle Shanahan about Raheem Mostert having gotten himself to a point where he deserves to have the lead role. And, and that's kind of what we've seen over the past couple of weeks. We've seen him take over that lead role. That's it's not a surprise to us at this point that that's the direction they're headed. It's not a surprise to us at this point that that's what they want to do. What is a little bit of a surprise is that to think, and I talked about this in yesterday's show a little bit because it came up in the mailbag question, it's a little bit of a surprise to me to think that Tevin Coleman won't get an opportunity against his old team to have a revenge game. And it's not just Tevin Coleman here. We're talking about Kyle Shanahan. Is it a revenge game for Kyle Shanahan against Atlanta with Tevin Coleman on top of it, who he had a lot of success with in Atlanta? It's hard for me to believe that Tevin Coleman is not going to have more of a role this particular week given the circumstances than he's had for the past couple of weeks. It's hard for me not to believe that. And the, the person who would be hurt by that would be Raheem Mostert. Now, I'm not saying that you need to play Tevin Coleman or that he's a sleeper, but what I am saying is that I don't think you can play Coleman because of the the lack of production that he's given you the past couple of weeks, the lack of volume, but I also don't think you can play Raheem Mostert and trust Raheem Mostert, even if he is the quote-unquote lead back heading into this week, even in a plus matchup, because I, in my heart of hearts, don't believe that Tevin Coleman's not going to have a role. And that would take away from Mostert. The only person to me that I know for sure what we're going to get is Matt Breida. We know for sure we are going to get 9 to 12 touches out of Matt Breida. We know for sure that in this matchup, if he gets those touches, he will be able to be someone who's considered in your flex in your lineups. He'll have the potential to be a a playmaking, big play, home run threat. That's the only one in the backfield that I can trust and go into this game knowing what I'm going to get. Mostert, Coleman, I have no idea. As far as everybody else goes, that's kind of straightforward. Manuel Sanders, obviously you're playing him. George Kittle, obviously you're playing him. And even Debo, to a lesser degree right now, you have to consider him to be a wide receiver three and somebody that you can possibly consider playing as well. I mean, he's been on a tear as of late. I haven't loved his target share every single week, but it's been good enough to the point, he's been involved enough into the offense to the point where he is somebody who does have some upside, especially if this game were to turn into a little bit of a scoring match. I mean, remember, Atlanta does have the ability to score with the 49ers, especially since they're banged up a little bit on defense. So if this does turn into a little bit of a shootout game, which it does have sneaky potential to, it's not what I'm predicting, 
predicting more of a blowout, but it does have the potential to turn into a shootout situation just because if they play to their capability, the Falcons, that is, against a banged-up 49ers defense, there might be more points in this game going back and forth in general than we would have expected, normally speaking. That plays into Jimmy Garoppolo being a streaming quarterback for me this week, that, that and that plays into Debo Samuel being wide receiver 34 and half-point PPR for me this week, so somebody you can play in the flex, somebody who might be a wide receiver three for you, and have the possibility to score because he has been worked in the red zone as well. As far as Garoppolo being a streaming quarterback, I'm going to try to pull it up for here for you guys. We have him at number seven on the week. So we have him inside the QB one. We have him definitely as somebody you can go ahead, fire up and play. The, the thing that would worry me about Garoppolo is if the 49ers can just run the ball, play defense and dominate this game, they may not ask him to do too much. So he might not have the ceiling that he has had in some of the matchups over the over the last month, especially some of the pla- the, the the plus matchups that he's had, where he's been able to be in the top five of, of quarterbacks for the week. And this is that type of matchup again. I know people want to take advantage of that. That would just be my only concern. My only concern would be, do they just dominate this game, be able to run the football, and don't ask them to do too much? But even if they do that, the silver lining I have for Jimmy Garoppolo in that situation is that he will have a safe floor for you. He is going to get two touchdowns. He's probably going to throw for 250 yards, no matter what the game script, no matter what the game flow is in this one, just because the matchup is there, and it should be that simple for him to be able to do so. So give taking that into consideration, that's why we have him at QB7. I believe he has one of the safest floors that you can kind of sink your teeth into, but I truly believe his ceiling is a little bit in the question, but if the Falcons can score, like I said, he will be able to put up the performance that you'd be looking for when you're looking to stream him anyway, and he is somebody that you can pick up and stream if you've been doing that so far in your playoff matchups. Next game that we want to talk about here is, finally, the Sunday night game, Minnesota Vikings, Los Angeles Chargers. So the big thing on the Vikings side of the ball, right now the reports are, they keep saying it over and over again, barring a setback, because he's had a couple setbacks now, barring a setback, Adam Thielen is expected to play on Sunday night football. Keep your eyes peeled. Whether it be on my social media account at MDSFF Show, whether you want to check out Belly Up at Belly Up Fantasy or at Belly Up Football as we keep the news alerts up there as well. Make sure you're checking it out on Twitter because you're going to want to watch this all the way up through Sunday morning if he still has had a setback or not. And you're going to want to watch this going into that game too because the issue you're going to have is he could very well have a setback in warm ups. That's where it's tricky, right? Because this is a Sunday night game that we're talking about. So you have the Sunday night, you have the Monday night game. If he goes out, you don't have somebody who's on the Colts or the Saints. You don't have another player on the on the Vikings or the Chargers. You get Adam Thielen. You don't have maybe a Mike Williams to throw in his in his stead. You could be in trouble. And not to mention, being how much difficulty he has had with this injury, he's somebody who's definitely a high risk for re-injury this Sunday night. So I don't even know how much you can trust playing Adam Thielen, even if he does play. And uh, off the top of my head, I can't exactly remember where I have him ranked. I'm going to pull it up for you here. But I don't have him ranked particularly high because we're worried about him being re-injured. And I have him as wide receiver 44 on the week in half-point PPR leagues. And it has a lot to do with the fact that we think that he is a high risk for re-injury. High risk. And... It's also, a, it's also a bad matchup. The Chargers are healthy in the secondary right now. They played a lot better last week. Now, granted, it was the Jaguars, a team that looks like they might be quitting on their coach right now. So we can't take 
all that. Minnesota is playing much better, but this is in Los Angeles. This is a defense that has its talent intact. They very well could play pretty well, and with Adam Thielen with the risk of re-injury, I don't think he's somebody you can trust. That's why I have him ranked borderline wide receiver five in the wide receiver four territory. I know if you've been holding on to Adam Thielen and he's active in this game, it's going to be very hard for you not to play him because this is what you've been waiting for. I wouldn't. I think you have other options. I think it's too much of a risk. And unless you have a Mike Williams type or somebody on the Saints or somebody on the Colts, like a Zach Pascal, maybe as well, if T.Y. Hilton doesn't go, and we'll talk about that in a minute, I don't know if I would take the chance in playing Adam Thielen that week without having some sort of backup plan because he could have a setback at any given moment. He, If you don't play him and he's active, yes, there's a possibility that you may regret it. Yes, because he's Adam Thielen. He, he could have a wide receiver two performance because that's typically what he is when he's healthy and good to go in this offense. He's typically a wide receiver two. So I'm not saying that's out of the realm of possibilities here if he's active, which is that's the whole temptation, right? That's the whole reason why you might consider playing him in the first place. But what I'm saying is that in a situation on the playoffs where you don't want to take too many risks, this is not an area where I would take that risk. Just me personally. But you guys got to do what you guys got to do for your teams, your lineups, your situation, what you think you have to do to maximize your points. But that's where we kind of have the expectations set for him right now. So obviously, that was a lot to unpack just for Adam Thielen. But that's pretty much all you have to unpack for, for the Vikings. We have Kirk Cousins kind of just outside the real streaming territory for quarterbacks on the week. We kind of talked about that a little bit. Don't love the matchup. And Stephon Diggs is somebody who's going to be a wide receiver three with upside. That's pretty much what he's been every single week. Yes, he used to be a wide receiver two more weeks than not as well. And we do have him ranked 20th. So we kind of have him in that borderline wide receiver two territory and half point PPR leagues at the moment. But his he's, his production's been so inconsistent, even without Adam Thielen in a situation where you thought his floor would be much higher because he should be getting more of the target share. He should be getting more of that volume on a more consistent basis. That's what you would come to expect. So the fact that that really hasn't been the case is a little bit concerning. And the other thing with Stephon Diggs, while the matchup isn't great, that really hasn't mattered too much. I mean, the last big game that he had, the five catches, 121-yard performance that he had a few weeks ago, that came against Denver, which is one of the harder matches they had had in the past month. Some of the easier matches he has when he's gone for five for 44 or three for 29. That's kind of been the issue with Stephon Diggs. There's been no rhyme or reason to it. It's just a matter of, does he catch the big bomb that day? Is he the guy that day? And with Adam Thielen coming back, you figure he has to have a little bit of a lower floor. Hayward is going to shadow Stephon Diggs in this game, so he is going to get the tougher matchup of the two. I mean, he's playable. We have him as a low-end wide receiver, too. We have him as a guy who can definitely have the upside for you. So he's definitely somebody who can be played in your lineups. I'm not saying that, but I just have a... I, I simmer my expectation as far as what his ceiling is going to be this particular week, and I do have some concerns about what kind of floor I'm going to get out of him as well. You're probably not going to have a better option, though. I'm just stressing some caution in that area. If you do have other options that maybe you want to take a more of a home run threat approach to. If you want to take a flyer on somebody else, Stefan Diggs may be that guy who's in your top end of your team that maybe you take out for that flyer play if you think you need to get uh, a boost in scoring this week. But if you're in a situation where you feel you're very competitive, you're very locked in, or you think you even have an advantage, then yeah, I'm sticking with Stefan Diggs because that would be the safer route to go. We know what his capabilities are, what he's done so far this season. And obviously you're playing Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook actually has, has the great matchup here because the Chargers haven't been very good against the run. And as we talked about with no Alexander Madison possibly, uh, you may not have to worry about them 
pulling him as early as they normally do. Not that I would anyway, because I think this is going to be a pretty competitive game between the two, and they only pull him once they have the games well in hand. But even if they were somehow to blow out the Chargers, which I guess is a possibility, uh, the chances of him getting pulled go way down if there's no Alexander Madison there to take him out. So I definitely love Dalvin Cook this week, expecting to finish in the top two like he normally does uh, on the week. For the Chargers side of the ball, I think it's pretty straightforward. Who do you have to play there? It's a plus matchup for the wide receivers because the secondary has been absolutely horrendous. Xavier Rhodes is probably not going to play in this game. But Keenan Allen, Mike Williams even, is somebody you can kind of play. He's got some high upside in this one. We have him ranked number 27 on the week for wide receivers. So he is somebody that we think has a good chance to have a pretty solid game in this one. We have not loved the target share that he's seen as of late because it's only been a couple targets here and there. But he has been making the big play. He finally got into the end zone last week. He's only two weeks removed from a 100-yard performance. So while he definitely has a low floor because he doesn't have nearly as many opportunities as he should, because of the plus matchup, because he's been able to make the plays when he has gotten those opportunities, he is somebody that we think you can fire up and play as a high-end wide receiver three who does have some potential uh, heading into this matchup. Obviously, you had to play Austin Eckler, especially in half-point, full-point PPR leagues. Obviously, you had to play Melvin Gordon with the way they've been able to utilize him and the way that Minnesota has been that great against the run over the past month in their own right as well. The only person you're not playing is Philip Rivers. You can't trust Philip Rivers. It doesn't, and it's not a home road thing. It's not a matchup based thing. It's what Philip Rivers decides to show up that day thing. That's all it is. And I'm not going to stream a quarterback where you have absolutely no idea what type of player you're going to get that particular week. Absolutely not. So you're staying away from Philip Rivers. I think most people know that. Most people should have a better streaming option in mind this particular week than Rivers for that one. So for our last game that we're going to talk about in our preview matchup, we have the Monday night showdown between the Indianapolis Colts, between the New Orleans Saints, and from a fantasy perspective, there's some things that we have to talk about here, especially with Jared Cook. He had the concussion last week, had the big performance before he had the concussion. Uh, practicing limited capacity yesterday, practicing limited capacity again today. That is a good sign for a guy who's been in concussion protocol. Our expectation is that he will get clearance to play. Now, obviously, it still hasn't officially happened. Obviously, you're still going to have to make sure you're following along on Twitter at MDSFFShow for those player news update notifications to know for sure exactly what's going to happen there. But for all intents and purposes, we do believe that there is a very good chance he is going to be able uh, to play. And that means he's somebody that we think he's going to be able to fire it up and be a a tight end one for you this week. He's somebody who's been utilized more so as of late as they figure they have to get the ball to somebody outside of Michael Thomas in the passing game. And also partly due because of the fact that uh, Alvin Kamara hasn't been nearly as, as involved as he normally is in the passing game as well and hasn't been nearly as effective either. So we have Jared Cook number 10 on the week at the tight end position for half-point PPR league. So we do have him at that bottom end tight end one territory. So that's something you can kind of sink your teeth into uh, there. Obviously, you have to play Alvin Kamara. I actually think Alvin Kamara is going to have a good game this week. I really do. I know he's been very disappointing as of late, and I know on paper that the Colts are a decent defense. The thing I've been harping on, and if you've been listening to the MD's Fantasy Football Show, you already know this, and that is I am not a believer in the Colts defense when they actually play against good offenses. I don't believe they actually take anything, any one in particular thing away. I don't believe they're actually that effective. They don't have a great pass rush. They don't have a great 
pass coverage. They have, they're okay. They're average in pretty much every category across the board. And that's why I don't worry about things like that. And Alvin Kamara, we have number 12 uh, on the week. And that's, you know, that's before we have taken, we haven't taken out the rankings of the players, as you can see there, because we mark Ingram number 11. Uh, we haven't taken out the players that played in last night's game yet. We will be doing that later on. But right now, we would have Alvin Kamara number 12. We have him low end RB1. But he's somebody who can give you a top three performance in this matchup. And I think he can do that against the Colts because I don't think their defense does take that away. The only thing I would be worried about if I'm an Alvin Kamara owner would be Darius Leonard. If Darius Leonard is just going to shadow Alvin Kamara, and they have done stuff like that in the past with Darius Leonard at times with, with running backs coming out of the backfield, if he's going to shadow Alvin Kamara everywhere on the field when he goes for passing routes, then I would be a little bit worried. But even then, you're still talking about a guy who I think is very much going to be involved. After not getting involved that much in the high shootout game that was last week with the San Francisco 49ers, I do believe he's somebody who's going to have more of a volume share this particular week, going to have more of an emphasis to get him the ball. So I'm good with Kamara there. Um, not going to play Latavius Murray. Obviously, he's just he's not consistently getting that 9-12 to 12 carry work that we always kind of expect him to get and hasn't really been consistent with getting that, so you can't really play Latavius Murray. I believe he is too low of a floor to play him as a flex this particular week. So you have that that you have to do. Drew Brees... We do have him as somebody you can play at the quarterback position. I'm trying to remember off the top of my head, but we do have him, I believe, in the top 10. We do. Number nine quarterback on the week in half-point PPR leagues. Drew Brees here is somebody that we believe you can go ahead and play. Um, it's a decent matchup. I think there's actually might be a decent amount of points scored in this game that you're going to be able to kind of take advantage of. And he just had his best performance of the year against the best defense that they played this year in San Francisco 49ers. So he's definitely somebody you can trust. He's playing really well right now. So I'm not going to be worried about that either. As far as and Michael Thomas, obviously he goes without saying, as far as the Colts side of the ball goes, T Y Hilton, he is practicing. They are opening the door for him being able to play. T Y Hilton is not, is not repeat is not somebody that you can play. You can't play him this week. Even if he's active, for well, a couple of reasons. One, it's the Monday night game, so you're not going to know he's officially active because he's probably going to go down as a game time decision until Monday night. So, unless you have Zach Pascal, you're going to have very few options available to you to replace him if your plan is to actually play T.Y. Hilton. So that's that's number one. Number two is this is a calf injury that's given him a lot of issues. It's been very inconsistent in the way it's progressed, where it suddenly it didn't look like he was going to play it all the season. All of a sudden this week, I was like, oh, it feels much better, and I can go. It's a high-risk free injury, and even if he's active and playing, we don't expect him to actually have a full snap count workload. We expect him to be very limited. We don't expect him to be out there for 90% of the offensive snaps. So there's just no way in the world, especially in a situation where when he is on the field, he's going to have to go against Marshawn Lattimore. There's no way in the world I'm playing T.Y. Hilton. There's way too low of a floor there. Way too good of a chance for you to just get goosed and totally screwed in your matchup. So there's no way I'm playing him. Here's where the issue comes in. If he does play at all, Zach Paschal loses his wide receiver three flex appeal. Because the one thing about T.Y. Hilton playing is that he will lessen the ceiling of all the other pass catchers. While he himself may not produce and not do that as much, he will lower himself. We saw that against Houston. He came back in that game, didn't play a full workload, and yet nobody was able to really do anything in the pass catching game because he came in and because they had a focus to try to get him the ball because he was active in that matchup. 
And as a result, no one did well. So if T.Y. Hilton plays, I don't believe Zach Paschal can be played as a wide receiver three either. So that's kind of the situation you're in, where if you have Paschal, you're playing on playing him in that territory, you may want to look for other options unless T.Y. Hilton gets ruled out before Monday. Or if you have other options that Monday night, maybe. But it kind of throws a damper on everybody else. The only guy I'm still going to play with confidence, the only guy I'm still going to stream confidence is Jack Doyle. Because he's still somebody in that situation where they're going to throw to the tight end. They have to, especially in this matchup. And regardless of what's going on at the wide receiver position, that is going to be the safest option for Jacoby Brissett in this ballgame. And while he didn't have a great week last week with no Eric Ebron, the targets are there. The targets are there. And he's a guy who can possibly score a touchdown. So when you're talking about the tight end position, Jack Doyle is definitely somebody that you can go ahead and stream this week. I'll pull up exactly where we have him ranked here. We have number 19 on the week. That's that's too low. We're going to have to fix that. That's too low. He should be in the top one tight end territory, the bottom, bottom end of the tight end one streaming territory. That is somebody you should be looking at in this matchup is Jack Doyle. Marlon Mack, you have to play him. You have to. He's healthy. He's still a great offensive line. Is still in a territory where he's going to get probably 18 to 20 carries. They're going to have to lean on him. He's going to be their best offensive player, especially with the questions around T.Y. Hilton. So you have to play Marlon Mack as an RB2. He's been inconsistent. This is not a good matchup against the Saints. But he didn't have a good matchup against Tampa Bay, and he still found the end zone. That's kind of what you're looking at here. He's going to be a guy just going to have the potential to score. And I think they're going to have to lean on him in this game, and at least still he will still get his volume. So as long as those things are true, he is still somebody who can give you an RB2 type of performance. I do believe you have to play Marlon Mack. The MD's Fantasy Football Show is proud to become a new member of Overtime Heroics. Overtime Heroics is a fantastic sports media platform for sports fans all around the world to come and participate in their extensive forums. And now with the merger of the Land Sports Network, the website will soon have great content available from extremely well-written articles to entertaining and informative podcasts from all sports for you to enjoy. All you have to do is register for free at OvertimeHeroics.com to participate. Again, that's OvertimeHeroics.com. That wraps up our previews for Week 15. Hopefully, we give you good advice. Hopefully, that advice will carry you to the championship next week. We can't wait to talk about that. But the episode is not done yet. We have now the mailbag segment. And again, if you're on Sportscaster watching this right now, drop your fantasy football question in the chat, and we will answer it as part of this segment. But as always, we have pre-selected questions from people who have hit us up on social media at Twitter at MDSFF show on Facebook at MDFF show and have also hit us up through the email from the website www.mdffshow.com. So let's start off with those questions as we have Steve from Twitter who asked me, should I bench Odell Beckham or Le'Veon for Montgomery in the flex? And I probably should have had this one on yesterday's show, but Hopefully you didn't play Le'Veon because, yes, I would have told you to bench either Odell and bench Le'Veon Bell for David Montgomery this week in the flex. I know it's been it's been a rough couple of weeks for David Montgomery. It's been an inconsistent season for David Montgomery, but 
Again, kind of like the Rams, we've seen Matt Nagy kind of get back to the basics of what made his offense successful in the first place, the RPOs and Mr. Trubisky. We've seen David Montgomery go back to getting his normal work share that he had seen uh, previously, where he's back to getting closer between 16 to 20 carries in a game. And it's a plus matchup against the Green Bay Packers. You can run the ball on them. So I do think David Montgomery is the flex play that you want to have in that week's matchup. So, yeah, I would go ahead and fire him up, and I would bench Odell, and I would hopefully you didn't play Le'Veon already from last night. Next up, we got Betsy from Twitter. She asked, Josh Allen or Jacoby Brissett this week? And we're going to put that up on the screen as far as the rankings go uh, between those two. Look, Josh Allen definitely has the safer floor in this one. And we have, as you can see here, we have Josh Allen, number 12 quarterback on the week, while we have Jacoby Brissett, the number 20 uh, quarterback on the week. And just without T.I. Hilton, without having a real clear cut of weapons with the Saints defense that outside of last week has played pretty well so far this season, we just really think that Jacoby Brissett's going to have a low floor in this one, especially not a particularly high ceiling. And Josh Allen, while the Pittsburgh Steelers, which has been a very good defense, I do believe he's going to run a little bit more than we saw him do last week. He's definitely going to throw the ball a lot better than we saw last week. It doesn't get much worse than what we saw him do against the Baltimore Ravens. He's just somebody right now, like I said, if you're in 12-team league, we have him as the low-end QB one. He has a safe floor. He has a safe floor. He can, he's somebody who's going to probably get you between 16 and 18 points. Now, I think there's maybe guys out there on the streaming territory that might have more upside. So if you're looking for more of an upside play, you can look at some other options like a Baker Mayfield, uh, like a Jimmy Garoppolo, um, guys of that nature. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, if he happens to still be available in your leagues, he was on the waiver wire report. Guys like that. But... With Josh Allen, he does have a safe floor. That's going to be the option between the two of those guys. Next up, we have... Get it up here. Next up, we have Dan from Facebook. He asked me, Anthony Miller or Mike Williams, full point PPR league, hands down Mike Williams. Not even close. We do not have Taylor Gabriel expected to play in our rankings, and yet we still have Anthony Miller in the low 40s as far as the wide receivers go in half-point PPR leagues. And this is a full-point PPR league. And it's, the, it's the same thing. We have him in the low 40s and there, there as well. Mike Williams, like we talked about that in the Chargers preview of what we expect, but he does, he just he has the ceiling in a plus matchup. He has the opportunity to hit a home run. And now that the lid finally came off of the end zone, we can have some confidence that he can have an opportunity to score a touchdown in this game as well. We expect this to be a competitive game for all four quarters, meaning teams will have to be aggressive throughout the matchup. It's a plus matchup here. I'm playing, definitely playing Mike Williams over Anthony Miller this week. Uh, definitely just has way more upside. And the floors between the two are frankly about the same. We still don't know about Taylor Gabriel, and that does affect Anthony Miller in some capacity. But even if he does not play, we still have Mike Williams ranked significantly higher. So definitely fire up Mike Williams there, Dan. All right, that's going to wrap up the show for today. I hope you guys all enjoyed it. We will be back on Monday with the recap show. Or I'm sorry, no, next week. That's right. Next week is going to be a little bit different. Next week, we're not going to be back until Tuesday. We're going to do a full recap. It's not going to be a two-part recap next week like it normally is. We will be back on Tuesday with the full recap of every single game, and we will have the waiver wire report. That will be from the mobile studio, so that will only be available on the audio version. And then we'll be back for the two preview shows like normal next week for your championship matchups 
on Thursday and Friday. We'll be back here on sportscaster.com. We'll be, you know, we'll be back early in the mornings. We'll be back doing everything that we do. The other things that we're going to be doing next week is I'm going to be making an emphasis to talk about some of the things that we're going to be doing in the show heading into next year, what you had to look forward to, some of the changes that might be coming down the pipe. And also, I'm always open for your feedback. Make sure you're following me on social media at MDSFF Show on Twitter, at MDFF Show on Facebook. Also, make sure you have the website bookmarked, www.mdffshow.com for the rankings for emailing, for the video episodes, for the regular episodes. Everything's up there for you as well. Make sure you're checking out one of the great networks that I'm a part of, Belly Up Sports. We'll be back on Sunday 9 a.m. with the start sick questions there like we are every week on Twitter at Belly Up Fantasy. Also have all these news breaks that are breaking up. And also make sure you're following them along because it's a great leaderboard for guys that are on Sportscaster as well. Same thing for Unwrapped Sports. Also on the leaderboard there with these guys are producing great content on Sportscaster. Make sure you're checking them out. Look for the USN tag at the end. Uh, of the names of the guys that on here doing really great things there as well. So make sure you're checking out all of that. I will see you guys on Tuesday. Everyone take care. Good luck in your playoff matchups. And I hope you guys win and go to the championship so we can talk again next week. Thank you for listening to the MD's Fantasy Football Show.